Tonight I'm going to read you a story and this comes from the Playbox Annual from 1949 so that it's over 70 years old and it used to belong to my uncle and so that means for my granddaughters that means it belonged to your great great uncle. So this book is older than Nanny and even older than Papa. So the first story I'm going to read for you out of this book is called Humpty Dumpty's Tumble and how it nearly stopped a very important football match. So here goes. There was always plenty of fun in the nursery rhyme land for King Cole ruled over it and as you know he was a very merry old soul and liked his subjects to be merry too. Of course, there were some tears when Bo Peep lost her sheep or when Mother Hubbard found her cupboard was bare, but these little troubles were soon over. Perhaps the time when everyone was most worried was when poor little Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. All the king's horses and all the king's men, you remember, couldn't put him together again. But of course the king's doctor was called, and although the nursery rhyme doesn't say so, he soon made the little lad better. Humpty looked just like the quaint patchwork quilt that covered his beard, for pieces of plaster were stuck all over his head for a long time. But he grew handsome again. And so, after that, it wasn't surprising to find that Mrs Dumpty was anxious about Humpty, fearing he might have some more tumbles. Be a good boy and don't sit on walls, she would say. Go into the cornfields with little boy Blue. You can't tumble from anything high there. But Humpty would much rather have been with the cow jumping over the moon. You see, Humpty always thought of the moon as a silver ball. And as he loved football, he wanted the moon to play with. For he had no football of his own. He and his chums had to be content with a bundle of rags rolled round and round and tied with string. Now one day there was great excitement amongst the footballers for the nursery rhyme folk were invited to play the fairy tale people. Oh, we'll beat them, cried Humpty. But then he added sadly, but, but we haven't a proper ball. The other team will bring theirs, said Boy Blue. They've plenty of wizards in fairyland to magic one for them if they haven't won. But suppose they play with a magic ball that wins all the games for them, suggested Humpty anxiously. But Boy Blue assured him that they had promised not to do that. The nursery rhyme folk practised every day in some grounds near the castle. There was a high wall around them which kept the ball from going too far. And they were getting on very well until one day Humpty actually kicked the ball so high that it flew right over the wall. Oh, get it, cried the little chap. And before his playmates realised it, he was scrambling over the wall. Stop, Humpty. You are sure to fall, cried Georgie Porgy in dismay. But Humpty took no notice. He pulled himself up by the low boughs of an oak tree and then he disappeared too suddenly, and hearing a wail, his chums knew that he must have had another fall. 
Swiftly they rushed to see what had happened. The tree had stopped him from falling heavily, but the poor little fellow was sitting at the foot of it on the other side of the wall, holding his head. Boo-hoo, the ground was hard, he sobbed. It does hurt, and I haven't found the ball. Boy Blue and Georgie were down beside their chum in a moment. I think you're only a bit bent this time, Humpty, said Boy Blue, gently feeling the little chap's head. Just at that moment they heard all the king's horses and men coming along, and Humpty wailed, Oh dear, don't let them come and put me together again. And scrambling to his feet, he tried to stumble along. All right, we'll help you home, said Boy Blue, taking his arm, while Georgie added, We won't let the soldiers touch you. And they hurried away together. But they might have been even more worried had they known that as the king's coach passed the oak tree, their odd ball of rags tumbled down and struck right on top of his majesty's best crown. It looked as if there might be trouble. Meanwhile, poor little Humpty was put to bed with a big bandage and some ice tied around his head. Well, of course, he ate the ice when his mummy was out of the room, but he had a bad headache for days, and the nursery rhyme folk were afraid that the match would have to be put off. But when the fairy tale people heard what had happened, they put their heads together and thought out some magic. Then they sent, then they sent Goldilocks and the three bears along to Humpty's cottage with a magic spoon. If Miss Muffet will get Humpty to eat a bowl of her curds and whey out of this magic spoon, he will soon be better, Goldilocks explained. Humpty was naughty about it, though when Miss Muffet carried carried in the bowl and cried, I don't want that, it's nasty medicine. But Miss Muffet persuaded him to taste it at last, and the magic spoon made it so nice that Humpty ate it all up and very soon began to feel better. Perhaps what made him feel quite well, though, was the arrival of a messenger from the king, bearing a fine coloured ball on a velvet cushion. With best wishes from King Cole to Humpty Dumpty, he said, as he handed it to the delighted little boy. And then he explained how the king had laughed when the rag ball fell on his crown and had decided that the nursery rhyme football team deserved a proper ball if they were going to play with the fairy tale folk. You see, this is an extra specially soft ball so that you, Humpty Dumpty, can knock it with your head and not get a headache, explained the messenger. And so this special ball was used for the match the next day and Humpty and his team played so well that they won. Perhaps Humpty will stop climbing and tumbling. He certainly doesn't want the moon now for a football. The end. I hope you like that story. So a very old story. And as always, I always finish off with a little poem as well because we should read poems because they're kind of nice just to have just little short stories so this is called and it's from the same book this is called Who's Scared of Scarecrows Not Crows so it goes 
a farmer made a scarecrow to scare away the crows. Well, that's what they are used for, as everybody knows. He dressed it all in tatters and said, I'll call it Jarge. The gloves and shoes and old top hat were quite six times too large. Somehow Jarge looked friendly, a flapping in the breeze. The crows all started cawing, then flew down from the trees. Their cause became a chorus. Who's scared of the scarecrow? They ended their small ditty. Not us, not us, ha ha, oh no. Okay, my loves, that's all for tonight. And I will read you another story again very soon.